Y'all, you can make up to $75 per hour for online surveys and up to $800 for in-person research studies just by signing up to be a part of the Thrivable panel. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head to thrivable.app slash Mila to get matched with upcoming study opportunities and learn more about how your responses help advance diabetes care. That's thrivable.app slash Mila. Welcome everyone to the Your Diabestie podcast. My name is Mila Clark and I am Your Diabestie. I live with latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. And today I have two awesome guests on the podcast. Diana Lacalzi is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And Jose Tejero is a exercise physiologist. They teamed up in 2019 and co-founded the Type 2 Diabetes Revolution, and it's a T2D digital health platform that helps individuals reverse, manage, and prevent pre- and type 2 diabetes. It uses an integrative approach and tackles diabetes by focusing on plant-based nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And I know that those three things are really scary to people, so I'm super excited to talk to them about all of the things that they're doing to help people with type 2 diabetes. So thank you so much, Diana and Jose. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us here. I'm very, very excited to get into a nice conversation with you. Of course. And so the first thing that I kind of want to focus on is really talking about plant-based nutrition and diabetes and how it ties together. Absolutely. Great question. Diana, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So we've seen so many health organizations now starting to recommend eating more plant-based whether that's adopting more of a plant-based dietary pattern or just including some more plant-based proteins and why that is is because it's just so health promoting so there's a few reasons why a plant-based diet works so well at not only helping lots of chronic illnesses but diabetes specifically and for starters, it's very high in fiber. So fiber is a type of nutrient that we actually don't digest or absorb. So it kind of just goes through our whole gastrointestinal um, tract and we eliminate it through our bowel movement. And because of that, it actually slows down the absorption of blood sugar, of glucose into our bloodstream. And we don't see these crazy fluctuations when we have in our blood sugar when we eat a high fiber diet. And also it helps to promote a healthy body weight and it also helps to lower cholesterol, which is very important for people with type 2 diabetes because they do face a greater risk of, of heart complications. So plant-based diets are very high in fiber. They're also very low in saturated fat. So we do now have evidence that shows high saturated fat, not only a high saturated fat diet, not only increases LDL, bad cholesterol, but it also increases our risk of insulin resistance, which is that underlying cause, the underlying root of type 2 diabetes. And then lastly, more of this plant-based dietary approach, it, it really does help promote a healthy body weight. And we know that having excess body weight, especially in the abdominal area, is one of the greatest risk factors for insulin resistance, which again, is that root cause of type 2 diabetes. So we do have quite a lot of evidence showing us that a plant-based dietary pattern is very beneficial for type 2 diabetes. 
And we've also seen it too firsthand, which has been really exciting. We've seen so many of our program members adopt, and we're not saying like you need to go 100% plant-based, right? Like it can be literally just adopting more plant-based proteins into your diet. And we've seen people go from an A1C of 10% to an A1C of 5%. So go from type 2 diabetes all the way to having non-diabetic blood sugar numbers and being able to get off their diabetes medication. So it really is such a powerful dietary pattern. And that's why we promote, we promote that way of eating. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things that um, I always think about and that I always hear from people who are recently diagnosed is they'll kind of say, well, my doctor told me that, you know, plant-based way of eating is the best thing that I could do for my blood sugars, but I'm terrified because I love meat and I also want to figure out how I can incorporate this into my diet because I don't necessarily love vegetables. And so mm. I would be curious for you guys, like when someone approaches you and kind of says like, mm, I don't really know about this or how to even start, like what place should they start in? So let me let me go ahead and, and take a step of this, Diana. So like Diana mentioned, this is not an all or nothing approach. You will see results just by increasing your whole complex carbohydrate intake into your diet, increasing your fiber intake. And in turn, that is going to leave less space for high consumption of saturated fats or high consumption of refined carbohydrates. It is a combination of saturated fat and refined carbo carbohydrates in excess that leads to uh, insulin resistance, which we haven't talked about yet, but is the underlying cause of prediabetes and type two diabetes. So let me tell you a story of a, of a, a client that, uh, <laughs> that, that came to us. It was a couple of years ago. He was a farmer, so he was eating high amounts of uh, animal product, high amounts of uh, dairy and, and, and meat. And when he came to us, he had an A1C of 12 or so, right? Having an A1C of 12 is, is, is very, very high. It should be below 5.7 for those of you that don't know in order to be considered in the, pre in the, in the normal range. So when he came to us, we gave him the, the option, hey, there is multiple paths to this. You can go ahead and be fully plant-based whole food. You can do it maybe just by reducing a little bit of your um, fat, uh, fat intake, less animal products, increasing your, your plant consumption. And he actually chose to go the more plant predominant way. He was like, hey, I, I really have a, a problem here. And I know that like the solution that you guys are providing are, is this plant whole food predominant diet. Let me go with this for the next 10 weeks and see what happens. We agreed 100%. We were like, hey, if you, this is what you want to do, go for it. After this 10 week period, we can go ahead and reintroduce some of the foods that you miss the most, maybe some fish, maybe some chicken, whatever you want, as long as your blood glucose stays within normal range. And that is exactly what he did. He went through the program for 10 weeks. His A1C came from 12 to 5.6, if I remember correctly. He got off all medications and then he was like, ready to find some balance on, on, on this, on this uh, approach. So he reintroduced some meats into his diet, some animal products, everybody was happy and now he's on his merry way of living a, a healthy um, quality of life. So we're happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you both reinforce that it's not an all or nothing approach. I love the idea that if someone is willing to try, they might surprise themselves. <laughs> they might find something that they actually like and um, also just be happy and healthy and, you know, reduce the risks of some of the comorbidities that come with having a high A1C. So yeah. that's so cool to hear. <laughs> and it's really nice to hear stories like that um, of people who 
maybe walked in not necessarily the most open-minded about it, but walked out with this kind of like renewed life. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mila. Most people think that a plant-based diet is just salads, right? That they're just going to be eating salads left and right. That, that is not the case. We're trying to do with our book, The Type 2 Diabetes Revolution, show people that a plant-based whole food predominant diet is way more than just salads. Here's my favorite recipe, which is mm -hmm. bell peppers stuffed with lentils and quinoa with a cashew sour cream. There is way more to a plant-based whole food diet than just salads. I, I really want people to understand that. A beautiful realization for people oh, once they dive a little deeper into plant-based eating is like, oh wait, this is not boring. <laughs> this is actually flavorful and wonderful. Talking about your book a little bit, what recipe is like the recipe that you think that people should flip oh, to in the book? That is a great question. You go first, Diana. <laughs> I really love our quesadillas just because I love quesadillas. Uh, let me flip to it so I can show. Oh, this also such a good recipe. It's sticky veggie fried rice. We wanted to really create very balanced recipes that had a good amount of protein and a good amount of fiber, but are they going to have enough protein? Are they going to have enough fiber? And we wanted to make sure we had a good enough, enough fiber, fiber for carbs. We this recipe with veggies, you have broccoli, peas, carrots, cabbage. So we get a lot of fiber in here. We even have some cauliflower rice and then the protein source is tofu and you can swap that out for your favorite lean protein source. That's but I would say actually, rice, right? I also love our quesadilla recipe too. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but it's just such a classic recipe and we made made it with, with a cashew nacho cheese sauce instead of cheese to cut back on some of that saturated fat um, and replace it with some unsaturated fat. This one's a really great recipe. What's, what's your favorite one, Jose? Mila, I kid you not, if this is, uh, if you have the book uh, with you, please go ahead and maybe take some uh, time Friday night to cook this recipe. You're not going to be disappointed. It's absolutely delicious. I have to make my grocery list today <laughs> for my grocery order. So I'm going to flip through and <laughs> like make some recipes. I'll tag you guys on Instagram. Amazing. Uh, one thing also that I really love about the recipes and even in the ones that you just showcased to us is kind of the cultural element. My first visit with a dietitian was when I was living with a type two diabetes misdiagnosis and my family is Jamaican. And so the dietitian asked me what I like to eat. I told her, you know, I love rice and peas. I love steamed cabbage and carrots. And I love, you know, like all these things, all these cultural foods that like my grandmother and my parents make all the time. And her answer was like, mm, nope, here's a food list of things that you need to eat. That experience for me kind of confused me because I was like, well, what can I actually eat? I'm from Texas. So like when my family gets together for gatherings, like we always have this like beautiful spread of Jamaican food. And I was like, what do I eat? Like, do I have to bring my own food or eat before? And so I love that you guys have incorporated some like beautiful cultural elements and cultural dishes that people can reframe a little bit and still enjoy the flavors and the taste, but have it in a way that's going to be most beneficial to their blood sugars. So cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There's, there's no one food that causes type 2 diabetes. So you have to think about your dietary pattern, eating every single day for breakfast, lunch, for dinner, after day, day after day. And those foods fall in a healthy dietary pattern, high on plant-based foods, lower in saturated fats, void of refined carbohydrates, then that is what you should be focusing on. And then the odd occasion where you have a barbecue or a family gathering or stuff like that, 
enjoy yourself. That is why we have this 80-20 approach where 80% of the time you're making the right decisions at home, 20% of the time is that wiggle room that you have to not be overly restricted about the foods that you're eating. And that cultural element that you talked about, it was so important for us because like you said, so many times healthcare practitioners are like, oh, you can't eat your cultural foods when in reality, the cultural foods had nothing to do with the progression of a disease. And so we wanted to include that in our book. Like I'm Puerto Rican, Jose is from Peru. And so I just wanted to show, like I had, this is to my heritage. I included tostones, which are basically fried plantains. And we made them a little bit healthier by uh, making them in the air fryer. And then you can, we gave suggestions as how you compare it with different foods so that it's more of a well-balanced uh, snack or, or a meal. And people don't realize like green plantains actually have a ton of resistant starch and resistant starch acts very similar to fiber in our body where it actually isn't digested and absorbs and it helps slow the the absorption of glucose into our bloodstream. I'm like, oh, you're speaking my language. I love this so much. I think I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about exercise. And so, Jose, just thinking about sometimes how intimidating it is to start a routine when maybe exercise hasn't been on your radar, but now it has become a part of your life and a part of your diagnosis. What are some ways that someone who maybe isn't really like in tune with an exercise routine can get started and get started safely without hurting themselves and really kind of like build that habit over time. First thing I would say, you have to paint this mental image that your muscles are like glucose vacuums. And that when you move your muscles, when you activate your muscles fiber or your muscle fibers, these vacuums turn on and start sucking up all of that glucose from the bloodstream and into the cell, into the muscle cell in order to be used as energy. So once you have that mental picture, then you start understanding why it's very important to move your muscles, to go ahead and, and move around. And the best thing that you can do, most people can do this at least, is walking. And the most effective time to walk is after a meal. So if there's a study that I, I recently read that basically followed 60 people living with type 2 diabetes and split them into two groups of 30. And then they made one group walk for 15 minutes after breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner. And the other group was just walking for 45 minutes at a random time of the day. The people who exercised for 15 minutes after breakfast, lunch, and dinner had a way better A1C and fasting blood glucose three months down the line and then six months down the line doing this, this intervention. So what I tell people is if you can go ahead and reserve some time after you eat a meal to just go on a brief 15 minute walk, please go ahead and start with that. Then we can start progressing to more of like a resistance training routine, which you can include maybe three to four times per week where you're actually going to use um, resistance training, like the, the weights or resistance bands in order to activate your muscles fibers, but in a different way. There's two different types of exercise aerobic exercise, which is walking, swimming, cycling, and so on. But then there's resistance training, which is lifting weights against the force of gravity or using resistance bands. Resistance training actually increases the suctioning power of those vacuums. And aerobic training is what turns on those vacuums. So that's a way to think about it that way, right? And in an ideal situation, 
somebody would have a combination of those two forms of exercises because then they have a synergistic effect. You grow the suctioning power of your, of your vacuum and then you activate the vacuum every single day. That's such a beautiful explanation of it. And I think so simple to visualize, like even when you are participating in those activities and doing those exercises, I think that's such a great way to frame it. And I see you, Mila, in your in your uh, social media accounts as you're biking. That's fantastic. That is a great way of increasing your blood glucose clearance. If every single day you just focus for 20, 30 minutes on moving your body, activating, especially your, your lower body, which houses the, the largest uh, muscles of your body, it's a fantastic way to increase your blood glucose clearance and hence your blood glucose management. Instead of doing these kind of like long cardio sessions where I'm just on the treadmill for like an hour and I'm super mm -hmm. bored and I'm like, I want to get off of this, like changing up the exercise during the week, but then also focusing kind of on those big muscle groups. And that's when I noticed my blood sugars are most even and stable and even like the effects hours after that in my blood sugars. It's always so cool to look at my CGM and see that data. Regardless of diabetes that you have, type 1, 1 1.5, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, at the end, they all have in common that you want to increase your insulin sensitivity. And the best way to do it is through exercise. That's so awesome. And it's good to know that you can do it in small bursts. You don't have to necessarily dedicate like a whole chunk of time. Um, and that's probably better for you anyway, with like a lot of us sitting at our desks during the day and stuff. I know I take my dog to go walk like every few hours because I'm just like, okay, we need to get moving. <laughs> I like that. Walking your dog or, or cleaning the house. Those are fantastic ways of moving your body. Yeah, dancing while you're mm -hmm. like making dinner, <laughs> while you're yeah. making a delicious recipe from your cookbook. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're coming up to the end of the episode, which I'm so sad about because I feel like I could talk to y'all for like hours about what you do. It's so amazing. Um, but I'd love to know if you could leave our diabetes like one piece of advice that they could take away from this episode or that they could implement into their life. What would it be from each of you? You start, Jose. Well, uh, we are called the type two diabetes revolution for a reason. And that is because we are revolting against the old paradigm that people living with type two diabetes have been led to believe. That old paradigm that tells them that this is gonna be a chronic progressive disease, that is a life sentence, that they have to be on medications forever, that they have to be afraid of carbohydrates. We're breaking that paradigm, we're bringing hope and we're empowering people by giving them the tools that they need in their own hands in order to change certain lifestyle habits that are going to improve their quality of life today and for the years to come. So I want them to, to know that there is hope. Love it. Um, and mine is going to be to find a community. So that is so important. I know, Mila, you have an amazing community. We also have some programs and we find that having that community support feature that we offer is so beneficial for people because it you find people going on a similar journey as you and you're able to relate to to these people and you have those people there for accountability and motivation and that can really make such a big difference in your journey so find your support community whether that's through a facebook group or a local community in your town um, or through your app Mila, find that community because it can really make a difference nobody wants to feel alone and everyone who first gets diagnosed feels like they are the only one and they want to know that they're not that's such a beautiful piece of advice i I'm just so grateful that I got to talk to you both today. Do you want to tell the audience um, where they can find you? 
We are on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We are on all social media channels, Type 2 Diabetes Revolution. So we kept it nice and easy for everyone. Our website is type2diabetesrevolution.com. And then our book, which is called, again, The Type 2 Diabetes Revolution, is available um, online wherever books are sold. So it's available on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Target, and then also will be sold in some independent local bookstores. Thank you guys so much for taking the time today and having this wonderful conversation with us. I'm inspired to go make a bunch of really great plant-based food now. (laughs) For the audience, you can always find the transcript to these episodes at yourdiabestie.com. And you'll also find the video podcast as well as the Spotify and Apple podcast versions. So that's it for today's podcast. Thank you guys for listening and see you next time. Thank you for having us. Bye, Mila. Thank you.